We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Guys, finding a nice suit for a good price is tough. That's why I roll with Indochino. Great custom suits that are affordable. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure men's warehouse. They make suits, shirts, coats, and more. And everything is made to your exact measurement for a great fit. Indochino's process is simple. Choose your fabric, pick your customization, submit your measurements. Your package will be delivered straight to your door in two weeks. You can get measured and design your suit at your nearest Indochino showroom or do it all yourself online at Indochino.com. Right now, you can get $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when entering Blue Wire at checkout. Plus, shipping is free. The Indochino.com promo code BLUEWIRE for $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more. This is an incredible deal for made-to-measure clothing. You really have no excuse anymore to wear clothing that doesn't fit. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm your host, Nick Faye. With me, as always, Jack Manuel. And this episode is brought to you by Indochino, ShipStation, and Harry's Razors. But what's up, Jack? Let's win again. It's always fun doing these recaps after a W. Yes, and this was a pretty comfortable W. You know, it could have probably been a bigger win, but the Nets took care of business and got the W on the road in Atlanta, 130-118. And as always, Quick Reminder, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play as well, otgbasketball.com, netsrepublic.com, and bluewirepods.com. But, Jack, let's get started. So, Nick, did it take a while for things to click into gear for the Brooklyn Nets? They were outscored 26-22 in that first period, but then after that, they didn't score less than 34 points in a quarter. 
Yeah, they came out a little sluggish and, you know, just weren't very sharp. Had that two-day rest, and then all of a sudden, that second quarter, they turned it up. Bench did a good job in this game, bringing some energy when the starters were kind of a little sluggish and lackluster to begin. And then they just turned up the offense. You know, some of that is the Nets playing well. Some of that is Atlanta just being probably the worst defensive team in the league, if not the worst one of them. Yeah, there's certainly some problems there in Atlanta. I'm sure Corey Waldron, uh, notorious Hawks hater, uh, <laughs> is is enjoying that. I'll always give him a bit of guff for that. But I guess we'll go through the stars and the players themselves, Nick. And obviously, Garrett Temple was awesome. But what about Toy and Prince against his former team? He got revenge. This was a very nice game from Torian Prince, obviously. 23 points, 9 of 15 from the field, 5 of 7 from 3. A couple nice drives in this one. Also, you like the four assists and the two steals. He's starting to develop a nice connection with a Jared Allen. You know, obviously, it's pretty easy to hit the big guy down low for a dunk, but that seems to be a target for him. Did he seem more comfortable driving and penetrating? Yeah, he definitely did. This felt like his best game as a penetrator. Obviously, some of that was Atlanta's defense. There was one drive that comes to mind where he got past, you know, his defender, and then it was just straight up easy lane from there. I mean, that's where you get that confidence, which I think is a positive thing. Sometimes you need those you know, lackluster defenses for you to get the confidence in it and then go, okay, well, I can do this against a Rudy Gobert or a Joel Embiid and, you know, I can have the confidence to, you know, play to the to the game plan, which is essentially what the, the Nets love to do when it comes to offensively. But, Nick, we should start with Garrett Temple as well. Well, just one more thing on Torian Prince, I'll say, Jack. Do it. Uh, it almost makes you frustrated or annoyed in a sense because this is kind of a level he can play at at this type of efficiency. Obviously, he's not going to shoot five or seven from three every night. But if he could get closer to this level on a consistent basis, it would be such a boost for the Nets. And Kenny kind of hinted that after the game. Yeah, I mean, we won Torian Prince. I think it's a lot of the players. I think we spoke about it probably with Jared Allen at the really early points of the season in terms of we know how good this kid can be. And then he shows so much and then he gives us the flashes and we just want the consistency and you know i mean that could be sort of the whole team and the team as a whole but you know toy and prince you know obviously he's going to show that revenge game it seems like there's a revenge game of sorts for for half these players spencer did when he has them against half of the league with the amount of teams that teams that discarded him but garrett temple nick you told me was this his best game as a brooklyn there Definitely offensively. You know, he did a solid job on Trey Young, but Trey's going to get his because he's such a dynamic player. But offensively, you know, Garrett Temple was in his bag as Theo Pinson kind of danced away on the sideline. You know, you saw him hit 6-9 from 3, a lot of timely buckets, 10 of 16 from the field. He also was able to drive in this game, take advantage of some of, uh, you know, the inexperienced Atlanta Hawks in the paint and get some nice lay-ins. Yeah, I mean, this is a season high for him in points, but... And I think I, I read somewhere that the coaches were asking him to, you know, take more threes to, to jack him up. How confident are you with with Temple shooting? How good of a shooter is he? Yeah, I think he's kind of impressed us in a sense where early in the year we weren't sure of how good of a shooter he was, but you kind of hinted at it. The coaches want him to shoot more threes, and it looks like he's getting confident and getting more comfortable just shooting a lot of threes in the net system. I think that's a good thing. When you're given a green light and you're, you, 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 the shackles are released of sorts and you know that you know every shot is a good shot when it comes to from the perimeter, you know, I'd love for, for Joe Harris to take nine threes every night. He took only three tonight. But I guess we'll get to, to Joey Buckets. Nick, that lefty laser, uh, it made, I retweeted it and I loved it probably more than any video I've seen on Twitter in the last, maybe other than like Baby Yoda gifts. But Joe <laughs> Harris, was uh, that laser pass, was, was that the highlight of his night? 
Yeah, that was probably the highlight of his night. You know, not Joe's best night. He got blocked at the rim a couple times. I think DeAndre Bembray did a good job of kind of pushing him off that three-point line. So Joe still had an impact, though, when a lot of his points came in the second half where it mattered. And he was able to kind of get a couple offensive rebounds and a few putbacks. My boy Just is those strong. scrappy buckets. We know that. My boy is strong. He brings that grit. Spencer Dimwitty, 10 of 22 from the field, 24 points, 5 assists. Did have 7 turnovers. That 7 turnover seems to stick out a little bit, Nick. Yeah, in that first half, and specifically that first quarter, you asked me, you know, why was it such a slow start in that first quarter? Dinwiddie really didn't get going, it felt like, until that third quarter, where he started to get a little bit more confident, get a little bit more under control, where in the first half, it felt like he was forcing things. And Atlanta opted to put Cam Reddish on him, so a little bit more length, and they were doing a good job defending that lob. So it was putting Dinwiddie in a lot of tough situations, but he adjusted in the second half and ended up putting up some solid numbers. Good players do that. Good players make adjustments when they know they need to. And Spencer Dinwiddie is more than a good player. How about the big man, the young big man? 8 of 11 from the field, leading the league in uh, field goal percentage. And another double-double, three blocks, two steals. But I'm hearing this is an average game from him of sorts. Yeah, it wasn't necessarily a giant game from him, but he did his job. I liked in this game, though, he hit a couple layups. You know, we've seen a lot of dunks over the last two weeks. He was able to show off a little bit of that touch, which is, you know, sometimes a concern because we don't get to see him do it a lot. But that was positive. A couple big blocks. And then just offensively on the board, seven offensive rebounds. That's just monster performance. Man, like, you look at the box score, and if you hadn't told me and if I hadn't approved Twitter a little bit, it's literally filling the box score to the nth degree. You know, the offensive rebounds, he had a few blocks, three blocks. He had a couple of steals and a couple of assists, and, you know, he hit all of his free throws. And in terms of hitting the free throws, Nick, you know, was there anything to that? No, he just looks smooth and confident. I think going to Atlanta, though, there's a little bit less pressure. You know, yeah. you're comfortable in the game. Your team's been up majority of the time, and it's easier for him to kind of get it in. But it could be something that helps him build confidence moving forward. Who was the best out of the bench unit? Mm, that's a good question. Uh, David Nwaba, probably. He just had some instant energy plays, some nice lanes. But DeAndre was also very solid, too. He's almost like a calming force for the bench in a weird way. Playing center, you don't typically get that. What do you mean by calming force? Like, he just goes out there and he's able to, you know, set up some plays offensively in the post, give you a rebounding presence, kind of get guys in the right place where he's at least one veteran in that bench unit that's kind of an array of misfit pieces that you can kind of count on to do his job. Have we seen the the, the consistency that we won from DeAndre these past few games that, that you want, I guess, that the fans are probably clamoring for too? I think he's getting there. You know, there's still yep. a couple of plays where you like to see him go all out. And for DeAndre, it's just like we've seen him at peaks this season, but he hasn't consistently been at that level at all, you know, where we've seen him kind of dwindle down to the bottom. We've seen him all the way at the top. It's like he's more so in that in-between over these last couple games. We like to see those big performances a little bit more, but at his age, it's not going to happen every night. Are you happy with the fact that I guess that the bridge of the gap of that basement performance from DeAndre Jordan – it's all, I'm not saying it's been eradicated because a lot can change and you know there's plenty of players in, in, in an NBA game. But are you seeing that less from him on a consistent basis these, say, past three or four games? Yeah, 100%. I think you feel more comfortable and confident with DeAndre out there. Where the first two or three weeks of the season, it was kind of a wild card. You didn't know what you were going to get. Was he going to be terrible? Was he going to be good? Where now it's like, okay, he's going to be solid at least for us, especially yep. compared to some of the other guys. Yeah. Uh, is David Dwaba the defensive player of the year? I mean, that block he had on Alex Len was impressive. Like, that is just not easy to do. 
And he had just a presence out there where you can kind of feel him get into guys defensively and they're not comfortable. And that's not something the Nets players have been able to say over the past couple seasons. Yeah, I mean, I think David Nwabo has become the Nets' darling of Twitter. There's articles aplenty about him. I know I love him, and I just love what he brings. And, you know, I'm glad that he's getting minutes. I'm glad that it's a 10-man rotation right now. Yes, it comes at the expense of a Nicholas Claxton, but David Nwaba proves that he deserves these minutes, and he's an NBA-ready performer. And, you know, he's a great defensive presence. He's, again, I'll, I'll bring it to, to the pod where I sort of said, you know, had two blocks, had a steal, had an assist, and is rebounding the ball well. He is a Marcus Smart light for us. And he you know, is. sometimes you, you need defensive energy. And, you know, when you, I, I guess it's harder to bring it off the bench because uh, when you lack a lot of offensive cohesion and you're relying on Theo Pinson and, and Janan Musa to, to give you a lot of that, it can be hard for you to adjust to that role and, and know when and where to sort of bring those spurts. But Nawab is doing it well. Yeah, he's doing a good job attacking the rim offensively, you know, just making him his presence felt offensively. And then also, I think he's active in transition. That's a great way to get easy buckets. With the holiday rush here, you have to be able to ship out orders quickly, efficiently, and affordably. But how do you keep track of all those orders? Decide which shipping carrier to use, or if you're getting the best rate. Luckily, ShipStation can help. With just a few clicks, you'll be managing orders, printing labels, and getting those products out the door and delivered in time for the holidays. I personally have relatives across the United States, and shipping their gifts can be annoying, but ShipStation makes it easy. ShipStation works with all the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, and UPS, so you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. Take the hassle out of the holiday shipping. Let ShipStation help you handle it all with ease. Just use my offer code BLUE. You get a 60-day free trial. That's two months of no-hassle, stress-free holiday shipping. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com. Enter offer code BLUE. ShipStation, make ship happen. Humans have been shaving for thousands of years. And the secret to a great shave? It hasn't changed. The ancient Greeks didn't need a flex ball or heated handles, and neither do you. That's why Harry's doesn't overcharge to add gimmicky features to your razor. They focus on delivering what actually matters. Sharp, durable blades at a fair price. You know, I personally enjoy Harry's. Low price, close shave, keeps my beard edged up nice. You know, they're quality, durable blades at a fair price, just $2 per blade. They've cut out the middleman. It's a German blade factory that's been honing precision blades for a century which means you're getting an incredibly high quality blade at factory direct prices. Harry's is super convenient. Send the subscriptions right to your house and listeners to my show can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash blue wire. You'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, a five blade razor with lubricating strips and a trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated and a travel blade to cover your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. Go to harrys.com slash blue wire to start shaving better today. I guess this might be a question I, I might ask you on the regular. And I think we might tackle a little bit until we see Kyrie and or Karis come back uh, anytime soon. Who was better tonight out of Theo and Musa? I think Theo is better tonight. And one thing I've noticed Kenny is doing, he's not playing Theo and Musa together. So Musa's okay. coming in when Temple's going out, you know, when Temple's leaving the starters early because he plays more with the bench unit. So Musa's yeah. playing with the starters. Then when Kenny goes to the bench, he takes Musa out of the game 
and has Theo and Temple in the game. So he's electing not to play Musa and Theo together, which I think is a really smart move because both guys are inexperienced and they have a tendency to make some bad plays. You separate them, it kind of gives a different feel to that bench unit. It's more defensive-themed having Theo, Nawaba, Shumper, Jordan, and Temple out there. Credit's got to go there to Coach Kenny because there were times where we would see just a lot of frustrating plays where it's like, oh, why, why is this an all-bench unit? And I think Temple provides a a calming influence and just a steady influence in, in a way that is that is really impactful with a, with a lot of these young guys. You know, Pinson is still quite young. Obviously, Musa is quite young too. So I think that do you, would you say that Coach Kenny has found the the right balance with his rotations at this early stage? He's starting to. I still would like to see the starters probably staggered more with the bench unit because okay. even in this game, there's times where it's just like, who's going to provide offense? Garrett Temple can only do so much as one player out there. You know, Nawaba's probably a minus offensively still. Same thing for Shumpert. Same thing for Pinson. And DeAndre can really only do a few things well. So I think having Prince or Harris out there is a big benefit like we mentioned in the past. You put out before the game, Nick, that the Nets should dominate the boards on your Twitter at OTG. Nick, did they do that? They did do that. They really did do that tonight. Uh, oh, 50, man, speak it into existence. 53 rounds to 35 rebounds, 18 offensive rebounds to 9 offensive rebounds. And you could just feel the presence out there. You know, we talked about Jared Allen, DeAndre Jordan, but also we saw the guards get involved a little bit, Amon Shumpert and David Nawaba. Guys just being active and sticking their head in there. Uh, looking at this, the, the team stats as well, a, a, a point that I do like to see is those fast break points. I was speaking uh, about that. Um, with the the Nets Twitter alum on the, the front office pod, check that one out too uh, on iTunes and, and all the other platforms. They had 13 fast break points to seven. Was the Nets defense when it was on? Obviously, you have Nawabra out there and Shumpet at times we haven't spoken about. We'll get to him in a little bit. When were they able to create transition opportunities? Yeah, I think there was a couple times off of turnovers and then a couple times just off of regular possessions because Atlanta's not a good defensive team. Then also say there was a few times out there where they missed out on transition buckets that they probably should have capitalized on. Yeah, I mean, it, it certainly uh, helps when you're, you're making those transition buckets. They're easy money. Obviously, Nets were awesome from the field today, Nick. You know, they were killing from the three-point line. Uh, we sort of spoke about the, the Hawks' lax defense. But a guy that we'll speak about before we get to, obviously, the obvious Kyrie news, uh, Armand Schumper, 19 minutes for him, six rebounds. Uh, obviously, he didn't really affect the box score much other than that, but he seemed to be rebounding the ball pretty well. Yeah, he was active on the boards. I think that's definitely a plus when the Nets go smaller with that second unit. And Shumpert, you know, wasn't amazing. He wasn't bad. He just kind of went out there, did his job, and brought some energy. And that's kind of just what we want from him at this point. I think that's what we want from, from a lot of our role players. And it's just it's helping us form uh, the semblance of what our identity will be when we are at our best. You know, can Shumpert fit in? Can Nawaba fit in? Do Theo and, and, and Musa do enough? But I guess we should get to the despondent news, I guess, relating to Kyrie Irving, which was put out today via Brian Lewis and some other platforms in the fact that his best case scenario, apparently, is that he's back in one to two weeks. Nick, what the heck's going on with Kyrie? Well, I guess the Brian Lewis report isn't from the Nets. It's from other doctors or NBA sources. Right. Right. So. There's no confirmation that, that it's actually true, but obviously it is some information we can look into. I mean, we know that he's not playing in Charlotte as well. We were kind of hoping he'd be back against Denver on Sunday. If he's not, then maybe this looks true. And I've kind of I joked around with you that maybe we see Karis LeVert before we see Kyrie Irving. Right now, we just really don't know because of the way the Nets handle things. 
put your money on it, Nick. Who are we seeing first, Kyrie or Karras? Ah, uh, man, I'm I'm the optimistic one, so I think we'll see Kyrie. I really hope we see him against Denver because I think that's a good opportunity for the team to bring him back and then get a potential win against a really good team at home. Without him, it's going to be tough to beat a team like Denver. Oh, there's no chance. Oh, It'll be tough with him. Yeah, I'm not going to say there's no chance. We did it. We have already lost to, to that team this season. And we did play really well. Kyrie, um, obviously, we need him down the stretch. But, you know, that was the time as well. We started speaking about the fact that his shot looked short. And obviously, the shoulder impingement, uh, literally what has been defined as, that uh, has was probably a, a large cause of it. But in terms of just things going without him, Nick, you know, can this team continue to survive without Kyrie Irving? Are they still a playoff team without him going forward? Obviously, you know, it's hopefully sooner rather than later that we do see him and Karras. But without him, the Nets are doing okay. Yeah, I think the Nets can beat mediocre to bad teams and a couple of the pretty good teams. But it's going to be tough to kind of hold this on. You're going to be asking a lot out of a guy like Spencer Dinwiddie, who we kind of saw tonight in Atlanta and over the last couple of matchups. Teams are starting to focus on him and make life a little bit more difficult. So he's going to have to adjust. Or we're going to have to see more big performance from guys like Torian Prince and Garrett Temple, which is we didn't get against the Miami Heat. So the Nets have the opportunity to beat some of these better teams when a lot of the role guys step up. If they don't, then it's going to be tough to just ask Spencer to go out and beat a playoff-level team. Yeah, it's funny because the team that's probably just above us is in a very similar situation, but I think doing a lot better with the, the cattle that they have now. I think they have a lot more healthy players in, in Corey's team. Funnily enough, the Indiana Pacers, you know, they've got a star waiting in the wings. He'll be back January, mid-January, end of December. Not necessarily sure. I know Corey is certainly frustrated what's going on there. But that's our a, a direct rival in, in the Eastern Conference right now. And the Nets are going okay, but we've already lost to the Pacers twice. So, you know, to really reach some sort of ceiling this year. Obviously, the ceiling doesn't matter this year. The roof, whatever you want to call it, doesn't necessarily matter because it's all about when KD returns. And, you know, I know you think that he might return at some point this season, but at least for now, the Nets are in an okay spot. I think that they're adequately placed. And as long as we make the postseason and continue to show some good things throughout and, uh, you know, maybe we get some things out of, you know, Nicholas Claxton and Jared Allen continues to improve. Uh, I think that's an important, you know, it's stepping stone in development for some of these guys. Yeah, and I think if the Nets want to get any higher in the playoff standings, they're going to need Kyrie and Karras back, and they're going to have to beat good teams because themselves and the rest of the teams in the Eastern Conference playoff picture are going to get to face off against the Knicks, the Hawks, the Cavs, the Wizards, and even the Bulls, Hornets, and I don't know what you call the Pistons at this point, you know, on a nightly basis, you know, at least a regular part of their schedule. So they're going to take a care of business and get those wins. It's going to be up to the Nets to beat good teams to get extra wins to move up in the standings. So it's not going to be an easy race if they want to move higher in the playoff picture. Yeah, and five of our 10 losses have come by less than five points. So I think that... It shows that we are an incredibly competitive team, and I don't think we've really been blown out, if at all, really this season, apart from that Phoenix game, which was incredibly Phoenix frustrating and Indiana. to watch. And Phoenix and Indiana, my bad. Um, I, I don't think I was watching that Indiana game. I might have been flying. But, Nick, anything else to add before we, we close this one out? No, not really. I mean, I think you're just happy to see the Nets take care of business against what I said was a really bad team in Atlanta who probably has one very good NBA player and a rest of young talent and fringe NBA players. And then they match up with Charlotte on Friday. Another opportunity to take care of business against another bad team. Well, the banker, we've already done it against Charlotte this season, but, you know, who knows? Devontae Graham could explode. We could see Bismack Biombo do some bloody Euro steps. I don't know how the hell he did that the other night. but That was impressive knows? for his size. <laughs> 
It was it was very impressive. I mean, we know Giannis can do it, and he's probably about the same size. But you know, you can't. There's no nights off in the NBA anymore, despite the fact that yes, there's the Knicks, yes, there's the Hawks, yes, there's these sort of you know lowly teams. At the end of the day, you know, you still got to suit up, and you still got to really put in the effort to get that W. Because in the early points of tonight, it looked like the Nets could be really struggling. Yeah, no, it's one hundred percent. And I think one thing, if I had a criticism for tonight, would be like take care of business early. There was a lot of opportunities to get a big lead earlier in this game, and the Nets made a lot of careless mistakes offensively, defensively, not putting in that extra hustle to really close out a team like in Atlanta and maybe get some extra rest moving into you know a game games on the road. Yeah, I think their largest lead was like seventeen or so. If you extend that to twenty, you know you get some. Some minutes for the likes of Claxton and, and, and the bench folks. I don't think Rodion's traveled with the team. He's still with Long Island. But it certainly helps. And, you know, you don't necessarily have to give 34 minutes to Dinwiddie and Temple and allow them to get a little bit of extra rest. But at the end of the day, wins a win. 100%. And obviously, we appreciate it. As always, everybody checking in and listening. Jack, always a pleasure talking hoops with you. And as I mentioned before, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, otgbasketball.com, natsrepublic.com, and bluewirepods.com. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.